never a dull moment with this cancel culture, I see. Because, Chad, I turned around, I mind my bed and went just a few days ago. I was on here talking about who? I can't even remember. Ellie Camper or Kimmy. And her being under fire from some debutante ball when she was 19 years old. It's an organization that ran the whole thing that had a deep uh, racist roots. Now we got the president's son, Hunter Biden, in the news for using the N-word. I said, child, my God, is it ever going to end? Okay. And most of all, how are we going to stop the bleeding? You know, truthfully, I don't care, bitch, because it ain't for me to stop the bleeding, all right? It's for me to popcorn, <laughs> sit my black ass down, and watch these fucking train wrecks, because that's what the fuck it is. It's, you know, when you, see, when, you see, when, you see, when you have a train wreck getting ready to happen, and you know it's getting ready to happen, ain't shit what you could do. If you done put the emergency brake, okay, or the or the tracks done already, they didn't switch on time, nigga, and the cliff is coming, it ain't but so much you could do, all right? But But watch. That's it. What are you going to do? Stop in front of it? Who the fuck are you? Superman? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, what, what are you? Some kind of hybrid creature? You can't do nothing about it. All you can do is sit back, watch, okay, with intensity at the edge of your seat, wait for the shit to crash, and then, I don't know, sort through the debris and the rubble and see if there's any survivors. Who survived? Who survived the crash? And that's the winner, okay? So at, at the end of the day, everybody's fucking crazy. It's a bunch of shit burning down and crashing all around us, okay? And then we all in the middle of it. Hunter Biden using the N-word. I said, child, now this is supposed to be some old stuff. See? Old stuff will keep coming back, you know. It's like they tell you when you're younger and they're like, you know, the stuff you do to your body now and the stuff you eat now and all of that is going to catch up to you later. It's going to catch up to you later. Catch up to you later. 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 You know, you hear your mommy, your grandma, you hear your doctor, teachers, everybody, coach, you know. And sure enough, it catches up to you later. I'll tell you right now, at my age, there's certain things I, I would not even dare put in my body uh, that I would uh, probably have messed with later when I was younger. Certain sodas of certain colors and certain candies of certain... No, I ain't even messing with it because the body's not going to digest it, you know? And at this point in my life, too, I'm perfectly healthy, thank God. But how about I just keep it on track? I'm, I'm actually one of the few fortunate people who... The stuff I was doing to my body... The, the 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 bad eating I was doing didn't catch up to me. But then again, thankfully, because of my culture, I also was the type of person who was more balanced and had a lot of home-cooked, healthy meals as well. Moving forward, though. Okay. This shit with the cancel culture. What are we going to do here? What are we going to do? It's old shit revisited. Old shit revisited. You got to be careful what you're doing because things catch up to you. Apparently, this is some leaked text messages, which I'm surprised about. But why am I surprised? Like, the world of hacking have been around... I mean, as soon as the internet hit, probably even before that, I'll be honest with you, when it was probably trying to build the internet, and it's been there ever since. Somebody leaked it, and it was just simple text messages. I don't know if it was screenshots or text, I don't know how they got the text messages, but the text messages is from about a year ago, where he just was going back and forth with somebody in a regular conversation, and just regularly and normally used the word uh, nin- ninja, or nigga. And not only that, but we use a lot of black uh, stereotypical connotations or uh, black stereotypical facts with it. Like, uh, you know, because the person he's talking to was a male, I guess it was his lawyer or something, do not quote me, that he must have a big Johnson, you know what I'm saying, in his nether regions and all this other stuff. And um, 
trying to, I guess, talk the slang. I don't know what it's about. As soon as he got, I guess, in conversation or in cahoots. Listen, I think as a, as a minority person, I'm just going to be honest with you and just say, I know what my culture knows or called or coined as wiggas. Wiggas is what we would term a Caucasian person, okay, who pretty much grew up around a majority of my, a, a, a vast majority of minorities. Doesn't mean the whole town was made up of this, you know. But it's almost like, um, say the last dance was that the one when she was a white girl. She was the only one in the neighborhood. She would have been a she would have been a, a female wigger because she got accepted into the culture or whatever, and she got down with the culture or whatever kind of thing. So we have those, and there are people who are outside of. I don't know. I I do know people who. Oh, we call hell. We grew up with this. We call him white boy to this day. He wanted to be corn turn white boy, but he down the hood as fuck as the rest of us. He get down with anybody. He's Italian to the bone, but his family's just not about that life. And he just happened to grow up in a town where a lot of his neighbors, his his uh, uh, classmates, and everybody was minority, and that's what it was. And he just happened to be able to adjust and adapt to the culture. And he just was. We just was calling him that just because it was kind of funny. But at the same time, he liked it and it stuck with him until this day. About thirty years later, we all call him that still. Okay. But if he say nigga, be honest with you, nobody's checking Whitey. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, we call him Whitey too. He actually told us to start calling. I'm just being honest. So if anybody's listening to me here, hearing me say white boy and Whitey and is offended, I got too many people that vouch me, including myself, and be like, I already co-signed to that. This is who I am amongst my own, okay? And, you know, that's just how it is. So if he says it, I guess because we all have an understanding that if we didn't know him, he came out of nowhere. Even if he looked like he was trying to fit into the culture or adapt to the culture, even if he looked like he might have grew up in some part of Brooklyn that was next to, I don't know, um, Bed-Stuy type shit. And he came through and we didn't know him. And he was just talking, talking stuff. Yo, my nigga, my nigga, 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 nigga. No, that was not. It would, and it could never happen because this is wrong. And people are going to be like, whoa, wait a minute. The first thing they're going to see after, the, after they hear the sound of your voice is the color of your skin. And they're going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And things are going to happen. Okay. But this situation here, I couldn't tell you what Hunter is. Is Hunter a wigger? <laughs> it's, it's Hunter a wigger? It's Hunter just... <clears throat> One of the people that's just down with the click. Here's what I want to say. Alright, black people, African-Americans, I am one, do not want, supposedly, do not want other cultures. That only we can say it. You know, that's what they, we can say it. We can say it. And they would say, well, if the term is so derogatory. It's the same way like I was saying in other comedic, um, I mean, and other episodes of past recently. Sometimes you just got to take a comedic spin on something. You know, somebody was, you know, if you could own that shit, if you could own that, okay, they done called you coon, they done called you, you know, they made you black sambo looking at you, they done called you all kind of a Congo nigga, they done called you ape, they done called you all, you know what I'm saying, all kind of this derogatory term, and especially nigga. Pick a ninny. All kind of type of shit. But if you can just pick one of them shits at some point and own that shit, and not only that, capitalize off of it, which is what we've done in entertainment. Capitalize off it. At that point, we took, we flipped it. It's ours now. And this is what people don't seem to understand. There is a truth to that. It is ours. We don't own it. We don't, we don't, we, you can't even really oppressively hold us down with the word except for when you say it. And that's not even oppressing us so much as to be like, you, you know better. You know what I'm saying? So now, since we're in a time where we could say, you know better, we're going to take every advantage of the opportunity to say, not today, nigga, because this ain't motherfucking 1804, this ain't 776, this ain't none of that shit, nigga. This is 2000 motherfucking 21. And whether racism is still rampant or not, you, you're not, we're not getting away with this shit today. And that's what BLM is all about, and I get it. But now, back to Hunter. What the fuck is this shit about? You know? Is Hunter a wigger?
you know, is this hunter guy. I don't know, boys in D.C. that's melanated and they be out there, you know, and they know him well enough to be like, I know you be listening to Jay since 93, nigga. Like, I know when you say nigga, you don't mean it like that. Like, I know this whole politics and your father is the president of the United States who stood next to um, the, uh, the black man who was the president of the United States. Okay. First black man in the United States. Now he's standing next to the first minority because she, from, from, from what I'm concerned, the Indians done one, the African Americans done one, you know what I'm saying? Like a little bit of all the little minority groups on one with Kamala. Okay. So now it don't look right. Right. Do we feel that Biden is this way? No. But again, with politics, it just don't look right. Period. It don't matter if it's true. It don't matter if it's false. It don't matter if you're a wigger and accepted. You got your certified wigger stamp from the fucking community. We done stamped you. You a wigger. Certified. Ding, ding. Don't matter. You know what I'm saying? All that matters is it looks bad. And I said, shit, here we go. Biden is setting up in the shit. Now, they said at the time that the camp didn't. Didn't respond. I'm like, what the hell are they going to say? But I know that Biden's having a field day on that nigga. Like, I mean, what could you say to him? It's not like he was intentional. It's not like he did it as a recent. It, somebody definitely got in his text messages, but I'm sure they're telling them, be careful. Please be careful. They should have known to be careful after Pizzagate and Hillary and the fucking emails. They should have known somebody, somebody. I don't give a fuck if it's your own damn, uh, your team, your so-called team today. They're going to probably get in cahoots with somebody else. And, um, you know, that's that. Hold on, my damn cheesecake Sunday. These motherfuckers was already late with my whole. Oh no, I'm putting in a claim for that. Y'all gonna get back all my motherfucking money. I want my money back for that motherfucking cheesecake Sunday. You motherfuckers ain't put in here. Don't let me get going on these motherfucking late night motherfucking deliveries. Oh, oh, damn my damn soda. Now my mouth is dry talking shit. They always fucking with me, Chops Carter. Now fuck with my food. Where was I? Yes, Hunter. Hunter Biden. And this foolish shit. See, I couldn't tell you. I can tell you what's going on here. But I know that Biden got to get on the show. Now, here's the other thing that y'all need to know about y'all president. I don't really claim him until they start doing what I like. I don't give a fuck that you was busting out checks all early. Stuff that, like, stuff, stuff, like, stuff, like, stuff that, like, looks like that look funny to me. He was busting out gifts too fast. Nigga, I don't know. Now you're sitting there trying to make earned income credits all split out throughout that. I don't know. I don't know. I got to watch. I hear you talking about universal daycare and universal pre-K. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I got to watch. And paying attention. And then you got all this shit going on with the corona vaccine. I have to pay attention and see. But one thing I'll tell you about y'all damn president. I don't, I don't think a lot of people are going on to. You know, Biden has been said to be a low-key a low-key pedophile or something. Now, I'm not saying little, little girl pedophile. But I didn't see the man on camera more than once, more than twice, more than three times with my own eyes. You could probably put this on YouTube talking about um, Biden... Uh, Biden like little girls or Biden like young ladies or something like that because they'll be younger. They don't necessarily, sometimes they're 19, sometimes they could be 12. I just see Biden's taking pictures and then, and then like, you know, they take pictures. You see the end result, but then they have people who record while these pictures are taken or while these occasions and these ceremonies are happening. And I just see Biden do awkward things like stand to a little girl that's not even his child. He never met the girl before. It's like a family that's just standing next to him want to take a picture. This is when he was vice president and he'll be just sniffing the little girl. Like he's like, oh, you smell so good. And he's sniffing in her neck and he looked so creepy when he does it and i'm like what the, this is somebody child and then the little girl's just looking she's trying to look like okay we're taking the picture and he's just like but she just smells so good oh my god come here come on stand by me there is something very sexual predatory uh-esque ish about y'all motherfucking president bro i seen that before he was elected i said so pretty much we got a we got a we got one of them old you know them child i think every damn uh, uh civilization and every damn culture done seen the old school uh, perverted old guy. I don't know if he piping, but you know, popping the Vikes or, or or whatever the 
bitch said, like, child, what I meant to say is the damn Viagra. Or whatever the hell, Cialis, or whatever the hell they popping these days, the, the goat weeds and whatever that's supposed to make the little uh, shrivel up dick grow up into something that's respectable to stick up inside somebody and bust a fucking nut, you know? I don't know what it is going on, but supposedly Biden's supposed to be a little horn dog, because what, what happened, the wifey, not, I, mean, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but that's the other thing, you know? Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Ooh, here's the other thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to take a break, but I wanted to talk about Tulsa. And I want to talk about Black Wall Street briefly because let me tell I mean, let me tell you about Black Black Wall Street. Oh yeah, this is what this this whole thing with this um Biden stuff came out after he did the anniversary of Tulsa. Now, Black Wall Street is something that I know about because I told you all in um Black History Part One and Part Two, those who recorded if anybody had, that um one thing I've been doing, oh, I wanna say since like two thousand eight and on, is really digging in deep dive, diving in real history. To find out real history, but especially the the history of minority black people, you know, and where they came from and all this other nonsense and oppression and all this other stuff. And Black Wall Street was something that came upon my lab years ago, but I had to dig for it. And I was not digging for Black Wall Street. I was digging for black history from across the seas, around the Middle East, Africa, basically Babylon, Timbuktu, down to the slave trade, to where they dispersed everybody to the islands, to the ones that was dispersed down to here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the The, um... The, the slaves of the South, and of course, how they can sharecroppers, and whatever happened to basically African America, what happened, and, who, and where was we at before all of this, okay, and um, long story short, when I was doing my history, it came up, and I said to myself, there was a black Wall Street, and then not only did it come up in books, but it came up in documentaries, there was a, ooh, there was a documentary that black people were putting together, he, you know, Mooney, the, the, the comedian that passed away, I think his name, Paul Mooney, he just passed away, he was a legend, not only was he hilarious, but the man was super woke in the black community, it was him and a couple other people, they, he would, they would participate and come on and tell what they knew, and it was a four-part documentary, I can't remember what it was called, I got my ask my homegirl, it came out many years ago, one, you could have streamed it and bought it, and then eventually it got leaked on YouTube, and that was the way to do it at the time, and it just told you, it's about black Wall Street and a bunch of other things that happened, and I said, well, damn, so pretty much, black people did have their own money. It was like segregated markets. It's the same when you have your white Wall Street or whatever you want to call it. It's not really white. Everybody can invest today. I'm not saying it's white, but you know what I'm talking about, about who runs it white. And you had a black over here. Same way you had white-owned businesses, you had white, you had black-owned business over here. And then everybody owned a fucking house. And a house and a damn business. And, it, and it's like everybody took care of one another. And they had their own politics. And they only had politicians. And it was thriving. This is the thing people say, it was thriving. Every time the black man seems to do something that's getting to be greater and bigger, even when they found them overseas in the Congo. They were thriving. They were doing very well. They're very strong. It's very intimidating when you see these people, especially hell. I'm, I'm a black person child. If I go by the corner store and I see me more than three, four niggas standing outside at the same time, nigga, they intimidate me. I'm going to keep on going because in the city of Queens, you're bound to find another the corner store two motherfucking to five seconds down the road. And that's what the fuck I do. It's very intimidating looking. And what you do is you oppress things or you break down things you don't like. Mentally, verbally, psychologically, physically, whatever you have to do, and that's what the hell happened. And they burnt the shit down to the ground. I talked to you about Black Wall Street, and they don't know, and they don't care. The last person I spoke to about Black Wall Street was my shop steward before I left my job, before I went on maternity leave, and we was talking. And he always said that to me too. 
you just always seem like he, everybody, even the damn the manager of the building one day I was sitting down talking to him and he was looking at my res, my resume and where I went to school and all this stuff. He said, like, What the hell are you doing here? So my shop steward would always say, uh, well, you know, I'm first of all, I don't know what you're doing here. You always seem like I always see you, but I always feel like you don't belong here. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you're here, but you don't belong here. Like you always stand out like somebody that's here, but just temporary. Like it's just like a step is on your life and you're just going on somewhere else. And one day we got to talking and we was talking about Black Lives Matter. And we was talking about how even on Black Lives Matter at the job, like when when even though it's COVID and we're essential, you have people who have situations where it's like, I gotta get back to my my my, my son or my daughter, because whoever's watching them now gotta go. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. And we couldn't even as a, it's a minority based hub, but as a minority, we're not looking at each other. We're like, it's like, fuck your family. These managers are saying we need this done. So the shop steward who was a union representative has to come in and fight for you. And me being pregnant at the time, those times I needed a break, but COVID was whooping their asses and they're essential. So they had to get jobs done. And at one point I said, I don't understand. I was like, we all black lives ladder and all this shit. I was like, but they don't even look out for their own. Nobody's looking out for each other here. It's like, we don't care about each other here. And he said the same thing. And at some point I said, um, I remember when black people were striving and we didn't have this crab in a barrel syndrome. I said, it seems like ever since black wall street happened and we went back to nothing, everything's crab in a barrel syndrome. We don't care about one another. We don't care about family. Hispanic people going to be about family all day. You look at Indian people, Pakistani people come from overseas. You're going to put 50 of them people in the house in one day. Black people is different. Clab in a barrel, this mine, this only enough for my child. I don't give, you, give a fuck if your child need a crumb. It's just very like me, 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 selfish, selfish, selfish. You could tell motherfuckers, and you could, I always know when people, and there's no disrespect to them, but I can always tell when I meet a black person or somebody I know that ain't never had nothing. Because every, whatever they got, they be holding on to, and they so not sherry. They act like if they share, they're gonna die. You'd be like, damn, all right, you, you went through stuff in life, you know, this is yours, you work for it, this is yours, you're not giving it up. Cool. Not saying I'm even asking for it, you just see it. Like, damn, bro, calm down. It's not that serious. And he said, wow, I can't believe that you even know about Black Wall Street. He said, I have never met anybody that know about Black Wall Street. This is what I'm trying to tell you about your mind. You know, this is what you're supposed to be here. Black Wall Street. Now, I'm going to take a break because I want to bring you an article that I found in the New York Times. Um, I'm subscribed to New York Times Home Delivery. And I'm subscribed to them on, t- on online. I really would like to get more topic discussion for this podcast, not just entertainment. And I stumbled against this article about Black Wall Street from an author I'd never expect. And I want to share some thoughts that they said as a, from a white perspective that I, would, that I blew my mind. Because I'm like, I know white people think like this, but I wish more people saw that and stopped thinking, once you see white, it's racism. You know, it's not everybody that thinks that way. So, on that note, bitch, gonna take another fucking sip. It's too hot in my Child, it's a heat wave over here in New York, child. Can't feel your damn AC, honey. All right, let me go dig out the article, child. See you in a little bit. Chapel's counter. Chap's corner. All right, y'all. This is uh, an opinion section of the New York Times. This is a Sunday, or the Sunday edition, June 6, 2021, called We Should All Learn About Tulsa. Now, um... This is written by Tom Hanks, which, bitch, I didn't even know that until I finished because I was just reading, reading, reading. It wasn't until they kept saying so much stuff. I said, who is this author? Who wrote this? I must know who wrote this at the New York Times. I was so impressed. It said Tom Hanks, an actor, filmmaker whose projects include Band of Brothers, The Pacific. I said, Tom Hanks? I love Tom Hanks. I fuck with Tom Hanks. I think Tom Hanks do. I, boy. Now, he says a lot, but it says um, he wants to know why didn't schools in the industry tell us about the 1921 race massacre? He wants to know why didn't we know about it? And he's a, a lover of history. So he says, I consider myself a lay historian who talks way too much at dinner parties, leading to questions like, do you know that the Erie Canal is the reason why Manhattan became the economic center of America? 
You know, some of the work I do is making historically based entertainment. Do you know our second president once defended in court British soldiers who fired on and killed colonial Bostonians and got most of them off? Now, I'm not going to lie to you. When I read these first two paragraphs, I'm like, what is the point? What the fuck? Aren't they always talking about Tulsa and now you're giving me fucking, what is this? You're, you're popping off Snapple facts every fucking other sentence about history. I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was Tom Hanks, bitch. I had no idea. If I knew it was Mr. Hanks, I might would have shut up and kept going. And I did. But it just says pretty much, he just said, um, but for all his study in history, he never read a page of any school or history book about how in the spring of 1921, a mob of white people burned down a place called Black Wall Street, killed as many as 300 of his black citizens and displaced thousands of black Americans who lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said, my experience was common. History was mostly written by white people about white people like me. While the history of black people, including the histors, the histors or the horrors of Tulsa, of Tulsa, were often left out. Until relatively recently, the entertainment industry, which helps shape what is history and what is forgotten, did the same. That includes projects of mine. Okay, he said, I knew about the attack on Fort Sumter, Custer's, um, Custer's Last Stand, and Pearl Harbor, but did not know about the Tulsa massacre until last year, thanks to an article in the New York Times. This is probably why he decided to put his opinion here. All right, so basically he goes on to say that all his history books pretty much was white, 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 white. You know how in the New York Times they write so long? So I'm just, I, I had pretty much highlighted the ones I wanted to stick to. He says, the truth about Tulsa and the repeat violence... Uh, by some white Americans against black Americans was systematically ignored, perhaps because it was regarded as too honest, too painful of a lesson for our young white ears. Basically, why would they keep hiding the truth? Not just because they were ashamed of what they'd done, but moving forward to the new generation, it's like they want to whitewash or kind of uh, save them from their dark history too. They don't want you to know that you came from people that dark. So pretty much they said uh, they, they pretty much systematically ignored the truth because it was regarded as too honest, too painful of a lesson for young white ears. So our predominantly white schools didn't teach it. Our mass appeal works of historical fiction didn't enlighten us. And my chosen industry didn't take on the subject in films and shows of it until recently. So basically, he says, it seems white educators and school administrators, if they even knew about the Tulsa massacre, because some didn't know about it, pretty much uh, took it out on purpose. Okay. Now he says, um, he said, he said, now what do we tell the century old survivors in Tul of Tulsa and their offspring? You know, he said, we have to teach them the truth. And not only to them, but the truth of the white descendants of those who were in the mob that destroyed Black Wall Street. Okay. And then he just going on to close out to just say that, you know, most people think that since 1776, we have all been born to be free, that we're all created equally, and that any American can become the president and catch a cab in midtown Manhattan, no matter the color of their skin, okay? But he said, um, that's not the truth. Should our schools now teach the truth about Tulsa? Yes, he says, and they should stop the battle to whitewash curriculums to avoid discomfort for students. It's true, because you could say Christopher Columbus was a hero all you want, but those that finally make it to college or, you know, get, get read more, watch a good, you know, documentary, when you get older, you realize they just they came in and they slaughtered them, right? They, they cut to this day, true Native Americans who know the history do not mess with the white man. They live on their reservation. <clears throat> 
Yeah, so he says America's history is messy, but knowing that makes us a wiser and stronger people. He said what happened in 1921 is the truth, right? That's that's what I look for in my history, real history. Even he said it, history, his history, he said it himself, was written by the white man, about the white man, to, to the white man. You cannot take that as full fact history. So when I went in my history, it, it, I couldn't go to the white man book. And believe it or not, I'm the, I'm the, the white man book of the day. I had to go back to the original true historians, Herodotus, and people of that nature, people who really wrote of the time. You don't really have real historians today. You got people that's making up things and making up the headline as they want. You ain't got real historians. I don't give a fuck if they claim their document history. They are making it, they're telling the story how they want to tell it. They're not telling it as how it really happened. Which sucks because you're not preparing. What they say about history, you got to study history so it don't, because it repeats itself, right? Come on. How are you going to go on as a society getting better in these damn utopias if you don't even know what the hell came before you? So, very, very interesting. Thank you, Tom Hanks, for this. I took it out. So many good articles in the New York Times. I really love reading it. But I was really proud. I was very, I said, okay, I was very impressed. I said, Tom Hanks, I said, listen, nigga. The fuck? And I'm a historian. He said, and I'm a historian. I dig in books. He said, and I didn't even know about it until I seen it in the New York Times last year. Come on. I'm, but I'm a black person. I learned about it probably in the, I want to say in the past 12 years. Past 12. I learned more about it in the past eight. Uh, sometime eight years ago when they made a documentary, which I'm going to find out the now that I got to ask my homegirl. It was a four-part documentary. And the documentary, even those four parts, it came out like once every two years. So it, it's just like you was the type of person, if you was knowledgeable, you would just keep following the, the person, who the people who made the documentaries on Facebook or something. And they would say, next year around this time, I'm going to drop part two. And every time, I'm telling you, uh, Mooney was on there. And a lot of prominent, highly educated, woke black people in the industry and just um, um, people from Howard University. I'm talking about prominent people that know their history. Professors, doctors. And they're coming and they're telling you what we didn't know. And they followed it. Again, real history goes from overseas, around the Middle East area, to Africa, over to the islands, in the um, Atlantic slave trade. Eventually, if you want to talk about where I am today, slaves in the South coming up, and you have to see what happened after that. Sharecropping all the way up to blacks today all over the world just dispersed from this thing. Okay, and that's just what it is. But like he said, if you're not looking for it, you're just not going to find it. And it goes uh, back to that famous saying, uh, if you want to hide something from people, but really, they say the, what, how it really goes, if you want to hide something from black people, they don't tell you that black is in parentheses. If you want to hide something from black people, do what? Hide it in a book. Because this ain't a reading generation. If you're reading, you're only reading the memes on your timeline. You're not reading anything. If you're reading, you're only reading a text message. We all want a visual before we want something to read. You know, very depressing when somebody gives you a whole bunch of stuff to read. Okay, so some of us sign our whole life away when it's time to do a user agreement or just get to just get the email account. We're just trying to get it because we know damn well if we, don't even, if we don't say yes, we can't sign up for the account. If we say yes, we can't rent the car. If we say if we don't say yes, you know, terms of the agreement, you scroll all through that shit. You probably gonna sign your firstborn away, your big toe, all kinds of shit. You don't know, nigga. We're not reading. We are. Uh, we don't want to read. Okay, that's why I say we want no truth. When you want no history, either you got a love for it or you really want to know it, and then you're gonna find your truth. Now, Biden. And this nigga, his son, I said, this nigga, wigger. He might be a wigger, though. I see, I see, I totally see Biden's son being a wigger, having his little minority friends and his, and his little mulatto friends, you know, the ones that snicks. I got, I got blackish friends. I got mixed friends. I'm down with the shit, you know. Shit like that. No, we not even, I don't know, it just doesn't look good. I don't think they should respond to Biden camp because when you're the president, you don't really have to. 
But we all gotta be careful out here. We gotta be careful. They bring up shit from <laughs> shit that you done dead and buried. You done said ashes, ashes, dust to dust. I pronounced this thing dead and buried and gone. You know, walked away and then you came in and somebody knocked on your door and got the damn skeletal remains on the step talking about we know what you did. Damn it, we know what you did last summer. We know what you did five years ago, nigga. We know what you did last Christmas. <laughs> we know what you texted them three years ago. We still have the screenshots. Fucking creepy. All right, creep. Fucking all CNI, bitch. That's what it's all about in that industry. They, they'll, 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 they got shit. They be holding on to it. Let Hunter act up. They be, they be releasing it. Three years ago today, Hunter said the word nigga like 15 times in text messages and was referring to black men having big dicks. I don't know. I can't tell you. But that much I was going to. I'm going to sit my ass down and enjoy the last of this mommy time before I have to get back to work. All right. Love you all. See you all next time here on Chapel's Counter.